Hey, what's up, everybody? All right, here's exactly how this podcast went down. For the first 25 minutes, I talked about Thai culture, and I talked about what's going on. I made some jokes. It was kind of light, just examples of what's going on in Thailand, things like that. And then at minute 26, I started talking about something more thoughtful, something deep, uh, and something that happened on the podcast. And so if you're interested in something deep and uh, not funny, it comes at minute 26. And so it starts at minute 26, and then that's the only thing I talk about for the rest of the podcast. Nothing else funny, nothing else light, nothing else about Thai culture comes up. It's just about the thing that happened. And so if you want something uh, deep, and if you want something that could be a little bit disturbing and maybe controversial, I don't know, I don't think it's controversial at all, but uh, that's what comes at minute 26. So I hope you like it. Here we go. Yo, do you guys want to know something weird? I can't remember the last time I've seen a black person. How wild is that? You see black people every day if you live in America. I, li- I cannot remember the last time that I've, my eyes have seen a black person in real life. And that's pretty crazy. And I'm, I'm certain the last time that it's happened was the last time I was traveling. But like I can't remember, I can't say, oh yeah, today I saw a black person. Or yesterday I saw a black person. Like I can't, I don't remember. I have no idea. I'm sure I've, I passed a few black people while I was traveling, like in the more touristy places. But out here in, the, in eastern Thailand, I can't remember. I don't know. I have no, I don't, and I, I don't know when the last time I've seen a black person is. Pretty crazy, right? And it makes me think, like, if I can't remember, and if I've been here for six, seven months now, and if I can't remember the last time I've seen a, a black person in eastern Thailand, you must, you gotta think that people go long, long periods of time without seeing black people here in Asia or here in eastern Thailand. I, that's pretty crazy to me. Like me, like I barely see white people, and like I get stares. I it happened today. It happened today. There was an entire. I went to go get some duck, and my favorite duck place. The lady who cooks the duck, she knows me. I walk in, she says "cow not pet," and I say "chai," and she's bang. She cooks up the cow not pet and says "duck" and and rice. Uh, and then so I love going there, and this entire entire table of people. They, like, one of them saw me sitting by myself. I had my headphones in. Uh, and then they, one of them saw me, and I saw her see me. And then she, like, says stuff to her friends. And then, and they're, like, older people. They're, like, over 30 years old. They're business people. It looked like they were out on lunch or something. Uh, and they, like, one at a time, literally just, like, turned around to look at me. And it's, and it happens all the time. It happens constantly. Like, that wasn't anything out of the ordinary. But it really, it sucks. It's so, you feel so weird. I never really understood it. But, and it's like, why? What's the point of staring at somebody? Like, I don't get it. Like, even I ask myself, because I do it sometimes. Uh, 
Like if I see somebody who's, I'm like, oh, how's this, what's this guy doing here? I, you stare at him a little bit, and it's kind of weird. Like why, why stare at somebody? Like get your glance, and that's it. You'd be like, oh, who's that? Oh, okay. And then think of what they look like in your head, because you can totally do that. And I think about that too. I remember the last solo podcast I was talking about like how men will stare at women and how gay men will stare at me here. It's incredible the uh, the draw that women have on me, uh, and so if I see somebody who I'm really attracted to, literally like my jaw drops, like I don't know how to think anymore, like I go brain dead when I see a really good looking woman, and I've now and I've started to apply it within these last uh, couple weeks, uh, not going brain dead and just like because when you when you walk by somebody and you're like oh they're attractive. That first glance doesn't make anybody feel uncomfortable because that just happens. You're walking around, you, you catch a glance of somebody, and that's it. And, but when you, when, you see that, when you catch that glance, keep that glance and put that glance inside your head. And instead of staring at the person and making them feel uncomfortable, you keep the glance, the, the picture of them in your head, and then you walk away with that. And then that's it. Because like, if you want to be like appreciate the attractiveness of somebody... You just you get your glance that nobody gets offended or nobody gets uncomfortable about because that just happens. And you keep that glance in your head and you walk on your way with your glance. And that's it. And you could go. And, so every, and then everybody's happy. Everybody gets what they want in that situation. Nobody feels uncomfortable and you get to appreciate the attractiveness of somebody. Uh, so I think it's nice to do that. And when you appreciate the attractiveness of people, I think it's, uh, I don't, don't want to say wholesome, but it's not, there's nothing bad about that. It's not like, oh, I shouldn't be thinking of somebody like that. Like, no, people are good looking. And that's a great thing. Uh, I do it with, I've, I think I said this in the last podcast, I do that with guys sometimes too. See a guy, I'm like, whoa, a good looking dude. And you go on your merry way. And so, ooh, here's the thing. I just, I should do the same way that I appreciate the attractiveness of men, I should appreciate the attractiveness of women. Because then when I'm like, oh, a good looking dude, and then I'm just on my way away. And I have that glance in my head for a second, and then it's gone. I should do that with women, too. If you see an attractive, attractive woman, be like, huh, that's a good-looking lady. And that's it. And go on my merry way. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to look at women the way I look at men now. <laughs> uh, but with the Thai people staring at you, like, I can't imagine... Like, I imagine, I'm trying to think, if I was a black person here, oh my gosh, it would be unreal, because I get stares now, like, every every time I go anywhere, every time I go to a cafe, a restaurant, the mall, movies, whatever, everybody stares at me, Uh, and I can't, I couldn't imagine what it would be like if I was a black person, because there's definitely some people who have gone their whole lives without seeing a black person in real life. In real life, and especially people who live out in there's still people who live like up in villages out like really far out in the country. No way those people have ever seen black people, and it I couldn't imagine if those people saw me and if I was a black person, they'd be like, "Well, this is the black first black person I've ever seen in my entire life." 
And that's pretty wild. Uh, and makes me miss, I miss black people. I'm not, I'm not just necessarily black people. I miss diversity. I miss the, like, the, the blending of people. Because everybody here, I know it's like a funny thing that people talk about where people are like, oh, all Asian people look the same. But there's a, 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 certain, there's a certain degree of truth to that. Uh, because everybody's got the same color skin. Everybody's eyes look the same. Everybody's hair looks the same. Everybody's bone structure is pretty much the same. Everybody's height is about the same. And so there's not, it's true, like, it is, like, people make fun of me, like, oh, all Asian people look the same. Like, the the extent of that, like, the extreme version of that, that's not true. Like, I know the difference of all my students. Like, everybody looks different. Like, you can tell people apart, obviously. Uh, but everybody has really similar features, as opposed to in America. People have really distinct features, and especially in New York, we have so much diversity there. There's so many different people, and so you really get a nice mix, and I miss that. I really miss the diversity, uh, and just because it's, one of the reasons is just because it's boring. It's boring when, here when everybody looks the same, because I kid you not, I kid you not, everyone has black hair, 100%. I've, I have not seen a Thai person with hair that was not black it's people artificially change their hair but i have not seen one thai person that did not have black hair and i have not seen one thai person with a different color skin like everybody had there's like three shades all thai people are three different three shades of tan and that's it it's you have the really dark tan like the people who work outside, those people get really dark. And actually today, when I, after I got duck, I went into a coffee shop and I was already planning on recording this podcast and I knew I was going to say the thing about black people and inside the cafe, I thought I saw a black person. And I was like, oh, frick, now I can't say the thing about black people because I just saw a black person. But then I walked inside and he was just a really dark Thai dude. Uh, and so you have dark, tan, tan, and then you have paper white because what so it's like you have dark dark tan and you've got tan like the the general asian color skin that you think of and then you have white as composition notebook paper and it's a different kind of white it's not caucasian white it's not like white like a caucasian person it's white I, it's like it's like Michael Jackson white. I'm not kidding you because people here they put collagen on their skin, and so it's an un it's a weird it's like a different type of white. It literally looks like paper. It's like milk toast. That's what the really white people and it's unnatural for them. Like people, nobody's skin is naturally that color in Thailand, but people from like the time they're kids, they put collagen on their skin and it makes them white. It's in everything. They have there's so much like uh, collagen like drinks, collagen ointment, like collagen sunscreen, like collagen powder. It's everything. It's in everything. And people love it. It's, it's, for me, it's weird, but it's the same thing as, it's just because they, they value that, like they like white skin. But in, like in America, we want to have darker skin. We want to be tan, but here they want to be white. So it's no more, it's not any more weird than wanting to be tan. Like, it's not, it's 
wanting to make your skin darker is it's the same thing. You're like going to a tanning salon or laying outside in the sun because you, you want to change the color of your skin because you think tan looks better, you think it's cooler, you like the way it looks. That's the same thing with people here. They like the way white skin looks, but the result is milk toast. <laughs> it's is totally different, and it's like it's it looks weird because like, or to me it looks weird because I know I know like what white people look like, and that's not it's like unnat it looks like unnatural white skin. It's weird for me. It's weird, but it would be the same thing for them if they saw a Caucasian person with extremely dark tan skin they'd be like what why did you do that your skin doesn't normally look like that why did you go through so much effort to make your skin tan and the answer is because we like it and the answer for them is because they like it so it's weird for me but being tan is weird for them like i've I've said this before but when i first got here to thailand i was in greece beforehand and literally people asked me they said why is your skin so dark and i was like huh I was like, tan, it looks good, right? And they were like, no. <laughs> literally, I was like, I was like, I literally said that. I was like, Thai people don't like to be tan. Because that was the first time I saw the, the, the composition notebook people walking around. I was like, I thought everybody was going to be dark. Uh, but I saw so many of the people with the, the white, white skin. And I was like, do Thai people not like being tan? I thought this was going to be like the mecca of getting tan. And they were like, nah, we don't, we like white skin. I was like, huh interesting and that was the first time i i realized it was like in america we want darker skin and here they want lighter skin and so but in america we're naturally lighter and here they're naturally darker and you want to be the other thing here they want to change their light or their dark to light we want to change our light to dark pretty interesting huh makes you think why do we want to do that why do humans want to do that why do we want to what do americans why do we generally want to make our skin tan and generally why do asian people want to make their skin lighter interesting thought you know what i'm saying uh so yeah i miss black people and i miss diversity because i like i like seeing people who look different and i never really realized that until coming here and i just all the only people i see have really similar features uh yeah so i miss the diversity so be, be, be grateful for the diversity that you've got back home. It's a cool thing. It is really cool. Because like when I go to Greece, everybody's Greek. When you go to Costa Rica, everybody's Costa Rican. You go to Guatemala, everybody's Guatemalan. I haven't been to China, but if you go to China, everybody's Chinese. You go to Korea, everybody's Korean. Mostly compared to America. Yeah, and so it's cool. There's America's a really cool place, and it's really different than most places in the world. Just and just for the the sake of diversity, it really separates us from every other country, because we're the only one of the only countries in the world. It's like, oh, I'm Greek, I'm Hawaiian, I'm Portuguese, I'm Italian, I'm I'm three fifths English, I'm all this blah 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 blah. Everybody in Thailand is Thai. And that's it. Everybody's Thai. Uh, and so we have a country of, of, of immigrants, really. We, America is a country of immigrants, and it's a country of diversity. And it's cool because it's like, hmm, what is, the, what is true American? It's not really, I, I think about it a lot. I'm like, hmm, what is American? And 
the foundation of things that are truly American are blends of other cultures, which I think is really cool. And I like that a lot. And because, like, when if you go back from the start, like, there's no, the only, the true American people are Native American. And that's, that's true American culture, is the Native American. But everybody else who came is not American. They're not, they weren't from here. Everybody, every single person who's ever come, whoever is in America and is not Native American, has come from somewhere else. And I think that's pretty cool. And there's no really other country like that in the world. And we have a really nice opportunity of uh, living in America with such diversity. It's nice. I like it a lot. You know what else Thai people do that's different? Uh, one, well, they make their skin really white. But then this thing, it bothers me so much. And you know how today mansplaining is a thing? Where people say it's a thing? And about that. All right, I'm going to say a thing right now. And I, I mean, maybe this is not okay to say, but I'm going to say it because my whole mansplaining is such a new term. It's such a new term. And I never understood it. Like when it first started catching uh, attention, mansplaining, I was like, that's so weird because all my life, like I've been interrupted by women. And so. And I'm not saying, and what I am saying, so you know, some men interrupt people, but also women interrupt people, either just as much as men or more. In my experience, in my personal experience, I have been interrupted by women so much more than I have been interrupted by men. And maybe that's because I'm a guy, and I don't know, maybe there's a weird like guy code thing where men don't interrupt men, but they feel like they can interrupt women. But uh, I've been interrupted by women so much more than I've been interrupted by men. And uh, I remember, like, barely, like, none of my friends interrupt me, like, my guy friends. I've just had just so many memories of my girlfriends interrupting me, like, mid-sentence. And they're just like, I want to say my thing now. And I'm like, yo, were you, like, even listening? Like, I don't understand it. And so mansplaining, I don't know, I think it's a weird thing. Like, yeah, I get it, some men interrupt women, but women interrupt men all the time, too. So uh, I don't like that. I don't like mansplaining. I think it's a silly term. Uh, but you know what I think is not a silly term? Thai-splaining. Because Thai people interrupt you constantly. And the reason why I think they do it is because, and it's the, this is the craziest thing in the world to me. I'll have students ask me a question, and then as I'm explaining the answer, they interrupt me and try to like finish what I'm saying. And it, ha- it happens with students, it happens with adults, it doesn't happen so much with children, uh, but, uh, and it happens with my coworkers. Uh, like, there's somebody who's, one person in particular who I work with, and it's like almost every time she asks me a question, she tries to like finish my answer. And it's really difficult to live like that because it's like, how are you trying to finish my answer? Because you just asked a question. Like, obviously, you don't know the answer. Why did you ask a question if you think you know it? And they just try to piece together what you're saying. And almost every single time they're wrong. And it's so incredibly annoying. And there's this one person uh, who this happens so much with, and I literally have to be, I literally, and now I know 
he or she or he well enough to be like, hey, stop talking. And then like all they'll try to they'll ask me a question and I'll start explaining it and then they'll interrupt me. I literally have to say, let's call this person Jamie. Could be a boy or a girl. I say, Jamie, stop talking. And I finish what I'm saying. Uh, and it's bizarre to me. And I, what I think it, what I think it comes from is the Thai. Uh, they get Thai people get embarrassed really easily, and saving face is really important. And so, oftentimes people don't even ask questions because they don't want to seem like they don't know something. And uh, and then when they do ask questions, they want to as quickly as possible show that they know something. And so that was one of my biggest uh, hurdles with my adult students is getting them to ask questions because they wouldn't because they don't want to and every time I ask do you understand literally like it took weeks for me to break the habit of them saying yes because they I I would ask them if they understood something and I know that they don't understand and then all of them in unison they just say yes and at first I believed them I was like okay cool let's move on and then as we move on I know that they don't understand anything and I, I had to sit down basically with them and I was like, you guys need to tell me the truth. Like, don't say that you understand something if you don't understand it. And it's still a struggle because they hate saying that they don't understand something because they don't want to show uh, that they don't know something. Uh, because saving face is so important in this country, just not being, not getting embarrassed. Uh, and so it's really difficult. It still happens with my adult. I have to ask over and over again. I say, do you guys understand? And at first, everybody would say yes. And now when I ask, do you understand? Nobody says a thing. And then I say, guys, tell me yes or no. And then they like begrudgingly will say no. Like It's a, 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 a process every single time to get my adult students to say that they don't understand something. Uh, but it's like, yo, I'm your teacher. I'm here. You're in my class. I you obviously don't know this stuff because you're in the class. Like we already all know, it's already in. You're already in the class. You wouldn't be in the class if you didn't know this stuff. So I don't know what you're trying to save face from, because you're already in the class. We already know that you don't understand. I'm your teacher. That's what I'm here for. That's my job. Uh, and so that's that's pretty annoying. But tie explaining is definitely a thing because people just interrupt you constantly. Men, women, all the time. They will just interrupt you and try to finish what you're saying. And it's like, yo, I don't know. Like, I don't even want to talk to people anymore when people do that because it happens so often. Uh, it's like, don't ask a question if you're just going to interrupt me and try to finish the answer. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Thai people do it all the time. Tie explaining is a thing that's totally not going to catch on because there's not a lot of. Thai people who listen to this podcast. <laughs> but I love Thai people. I just said a bad thing about Thai people, so I'm going to say a good thing. Thai people are very, they're naturally so, they're naturally generous. And I love that about Thai people. They share really well, and they're naturally really generous, and they give and they give and they give without any problem. And it's just easy for Thai people to give and be generous, and they don't have such of an attachment to their material possessions. And I really like that about Thai people, and I've learned a lot about Thai people from that of uh, being generous, naturally, by default. Oh, you like this? Here, have it. Oh, you like this food? Here, I'll make sure I buy some more of it for you. People do that. They do that. It's, And I know people do that, stuff like that in America. People are generous in America, but 
the default, like generally, people here are generous. Like when somebody isn't generous, that's the exception to the rule. In America, I'm not really sure so much, but usually when somebody's generous, it's a big deal and you notice it. You're like, wow, that person is so generous. And, and that's almost the exception to the rule. But not being generous is the exception to the rule here, which is pretty interesting. I, and I like that. And I want to take that back to the United States uh, when I go back. And I learned that from Thai people, really how to be generous in a, in a good way. And I like that a lot. Uh, so thank you, Thai people. You've taught me something so far. Taught me a lot of things. That's one of them. Uh, you want to know what Thai, what's kind of funny about Thai kids? And I don't know if this is all Thai kids, but I let a dark joke slip out in class one time with my third grade students, and it killed. <laughs> like, it was a hit in class. Uh, one of my students was not in class for two days in a row. Uh, and I asked the class, I was like, let's call the student Susan. Uh, and I said, where's Susan? And, or no, 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 no. They said, one of the, the students, they were like, hey, Susan isn't here again today. And I go, what, is she dead? And then I, as soon as I said it, I was like, whoa, these are third graders. <laughs> that was not okay. I was like, huh, she died? And then the kids started cracking up. They thought it was so funny. And I was like, I was like as soon as I said it, I was like, whoa, that was not okay. But the kids, they loved it. They thought it was mad funny. And they were like, ah, Susan died. <laughs> but then, and Susan, like, she's a nice kid. Everybody likes her. Everybody gets along really well with Susan. Uh, and then the next day, nobody said anything to her. Like, there was no jokes or anything like that about it. Uh, but the kids, they were cool with it. They were cool with uh, that dark joke. Am I going to do it again? No, because I was totally not okay to make a joke like that in the class. And that's why I let it slip. It was a mistake. Uh, I'm making a joke of it now, but it was a mistake. I should not have said it, but I let it slip. And now I know for the future, all right, I got to control my tongue a little bit more. Don't be as, as loose as that in the classroom because I don't think that's an okay thing to say, but I said it. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and it was a good reaction, uh, but I'm not going to do it anymore. All right. Now I want to try to I want to talk about this. I don't want this to go. I don't want this podcast to go too much longer. Oh, here's a good time. Yeah, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. My favorite song of the week. It's called "Goodie Bag" by Still Woozy. Uh, sound it out, and the spelling will be in this description. My sister sent me this song, and I love it. It's like a mix of Glass Animals and Nick Murphy. Super cool. If you don't know Glass Animals or Nick Murphy, go look them both up because they're dope. Uh, Goody Bag, Still Woozy, great song. It makes you feel all groovy. It makes you want to dance. It makes you want to like paint your face and like I don't know, like roll your body in a weird in a weird way and then kind of dance around and put some feathers on. That's what it makes me want to do. So I hope you go do that. Listen to that Goody Bag, Still Woozy, baby. Uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about a thing. I'm not gonna rush it. Mm, I don't even know if we should do it. Babies, my beloveds, this, this podcast is going to go over 30 minutes, but I think it's going to be worth it, and I want you to listen to it, because it's interesting, all right? Uh, so here we go. So I recorded a podcast with two people. Let's call them Jimmy and Susan. We were recording the podcast, 
and I said something that they disagreed with, and they hung up the phone. And now these two people, they're great, they're wonderful people, wonderful. I don't want to talk about, I don't want to talk bad about them. I'm not saying anything bad about them. They're great people. They're fine. They're normal, everyday people. There's nothing wrong with them at all. They're great, totally sufficient, fine. Nothing wrong with them. But I just want to talk about the thing that happened. So I'm not saying anything personally, like degrading about the people that were on that I was recording with. But I do want to talk about the thing that happened because it's interesting. And I'd like you to hear about it. And so let's do this. And I want to treat. So what I'm about to say could be a little shocking. And so just prepare yourself for it. It's going to you're going to be provoked to think very deeply. Uh, and it's going to be this chance that you could feel uncomfortable. So just prepare yourself. If you don't want to think deeply, if you don't want to think, be, if you don't want to feel uncomfortable and quite and maybe even a little bit disturbed, don't continue to listen. So there's there's your warning. Uh, I don't think it's I think it's a pretty comprehensible thought, but uh, you might not. And so I want you to be aware. And so we were talking about peop- we were talking about good. They said that they thought that people were generally good, and then they they gave their reasons why. Uh, and I brought up. A thought, and I said, "Hey, I don't know what I think of this thought, but I want to know what you think of it." And then I shared the thought that is not my own thought, not an original thought. Many people have thought this and said it. I've heard it come from many di- different people's mouths. That there's that talking about the propensity of evil that lives inside everybody, and that people have incredible potential to do extremely terrible things. And so I talked about that for a little bit, and I shared how I think people, I don't know if people are gener- or more good than bad. I don't know. I don't think people are more good than bad. I don't think people are all good or all bad. I think people do good things, and I also think people do bad things. Um, and so I don't think it's one way or the other. I don't think it's people are generally good and people are generally bad. I think people are people. And people do amazingly good things, but also people do incredibly terrible things. Uh, But just people are people. And I shared how acknowledging how, for me, when I acknowledge the potential for evil that everybody has living inside of them, it makes me so much more grateful for when people do good things, because I know that they don't have to do those good things and that they have the, the ability to do the opposite and they have the ability to do such terrible things like almost like these monsters that live inside of us. And I said that. I said everybody's got a monster that lives inside of them. They disagreed about that. Uh, but I, 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 that's a thought that I do have, not that I'm confident in and I actually think it, that everybody's got a monster that lives inside of them. Uh, some are more dormant than others, but I think everybody's got a monster. And uh, I shared that. They disagreed with that. And, uh, but then I brought up an example. And, well, first, oh, so, so far, so you're tracking with me. My thought was 
that was acknowledging the propensity for evil that lives inside everybody, and that when I acknowledge that, it makes me so much more grateful when people do good things because they don't have to do those good things, and it's very possible for them, everybody, to do evil. That's exactly that thought right there. Okay. And then I brought up a real life example. And before I brought up this real life example, I said, this is going to be shocking. And I said, I brought up and I spoke about this. I listened back to the recording multiple times. And I'm certain that I spoke about it with respect and I spoke about it with reverence. And I did not uh, make light of any situation at all. But I brought up Nazi Germany. And I said how I don't think it is too far of a stretch to think that you and me could have been working in concentration camps and being the people who brought upon genocide. And because we weren't there. And the reason I say that is because it could have been possible. It could have been possible. I'm not saying it would have been possible, but I'm saying that it's important to acknowledge that it could have happened. Because many people did it. It's not on, like genocide is it's terrible. It's awful. It's absolutely terrible. And it's something that the whole world can agree is bad. It's like a foundation of something that is evil, genocide. Everybody, no matter what your culture is, everybody can agree that genocide is bad. Uh, but it happens all the time. And there's so many humans that bring it upon others, that bring genocide. So many people have done it. And so I think it's, it's clearly, and now this is disturbing to think this, but it is clearly and obviously within the realm of human possibility, not the possibility of monsters, not the possibility of psychopaths. It is obviously within the realm of possibility for a sane individual to be a Nazi. And now, I am not saying, I am not encouraging being a Nazi at all. I'm not encouraging malicious behavior. I'm not encouraging evil. I'm not condoning it either. And I'm not saying that it's okay. But I am saying that it is possible for humans to do that. And I think it's possible for I think it's possible for humans to do things like that because obviously it is because it's been done many times throughout human history. And that it is disturbing to think that you could have been a Nazi. I'm not saying that you could have been a Nazi. And there's a possibility that you wouldn't have been. There's a strong possibility that you wouldn't have been because there were resistance groups. But even let's make it quite slightly less extreme. And let's think about the, the German citizens who turned a blind eye to what was going on. And just were like, I'm good. My family's safe. Doesn't have to do with me. And they turned a blind eye. And I don't think it's too far of a stretch at all to think that those people who turned a blind eye to what was going on could have been you and me. And the, one of the reasons I think that is because what and my mom brought up this point to me 
there's so much that we turn a blind eye to today and that we consciously turn a blind eye to today. And I'll, I'll talk about me. I consciously turn a blind eye to child labor and Nike, Adidas, Converse. They all are, have had controversies where they use children to make their clothing and they don't pay them. And the people who make their clothes don't get fair wages. That happens. And I'm sure many of us are aware of that, but we still buy Nike. And that's terrible. Like, we shouldn't, we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't be okay with Nike using children and not paying their workers to, so we could buy their clothes because we like the Nike swoop. I think that's pretty ridiculous. And then also, this is a thing that's it's even worse, but I have even more of a, uh, I've been more exposed to it than I think the average person is sex slavery. When I was in Costa Rica, I was volunteering with a NGO that helped victims of sex slavery, and I learned a lot about it, and I learned a lot about how it's everywhere in the world, and it's very common, and how there's more sex, there's more slaves today in the world than there ever has been in history. And I, so I have a heightened, uh, like sensitivity toward a heightened sensitivity and a heightened like uh, exposure to it. And I know it happens in New York. I knew it was happening in Lynchburg, and I did nothing about it. It was happening in our neighborhood. It happens in my city, and I do nothing about it. And I think a lot of us fall into that same boat. And it's a pretty heavy thought to realize the thing that you're the things that you're turning a blind eye to. And that's why I'm glad that I one of the, it's really cool that I have this podcast where it's helpful for me because I really get to talk out some of my ideas and realize the things my shortcomings and realize where I can do different. And one of the things was well, especially with child labor, I realized I was okay, there is something I can do. I can buy clothes uh, that practice fair trade. That's easy. I could do that. And I am going to do that. I'm going to, next time when I go home and I buy clothes in the summer for my next school year, I'm going to make sure that I bought those clothes through fair trade. Uh, and now here's a pretty terrible thing. Apple. Our iPhone. Apple has dealt with a lot of controversy with using child labor and, ha- and not paying their the people who make the cell phones a good amount of money. And I don't want to give up my iPhone. And that's a pretty terrible thing. And I'm just going to leave it at that because it is terrible. There's no way to explain it. And that's pretty dark inside of me to think, okay, I know that there's a possibility that my iPhone has been made by somebody who is not paid well and has terrible working conditions. But I want to keep it. Because I like iMessage. Because I like AirDrop. Oof. That is messed up. I'm not going to say you do that. I'm saying I do that. Oof. That's twisted. Don't you think? And so, I say that because I think the possibility of doing terrible things lies within everybody. And I like acknowledging that thought because it makes me so much more grateful 
but when people do good things. And it makes it so much more incredible when somebody does a good thing because we don't have to do those things and we have the possibility of doing much worse than that. And so when the conversation was ended, it was when, what was the last thing I said? Uh, so there was two people. We called them what? Jimmy and Susan? Uh, one of them was being respectful throughout the disagreement. I really appreciated that a lot. But uh, another, the other person wouldn't engage in it at all. And that's what I thought was really interesting. And it made me kind of sad in that when there was a disagreement of ideas, that there wasn't even dialogue about it, that there wasn't even a forum to share your opposing idea and then talk about it. There was no healthy discussion. It was just, I disagree with this, what this person is saying. I think it's disturbing, so I'm not going to engage with that person. And I think that's really scary and because it really stifles free speech. It doesn't allow a sharing of ideas. And even if my that's not my idea, I didn't think of that. That idea has been said many, many times. Uh, I didn't think of it. And so it, it scares me if people don't want to have dialogue with somebody who thinks differently than them. And I think that's a really scary thing. I, I wouldn't want to see the world go in that direction where people can't share ideas that conflict in a healthy way. Because that's how we all get better. That's how we grow. Um, and I grew a lot from the, the shocking uh, uh, result, no, the shocking reaction that I got from sharing the thought that I just shared with you guys. Because it made me think for days and days and days if I said something wrong. And I listened back to it and I was like, oh my gosh, like, what did I say? Like, I've never, that was, when, when they hung up on me uh, and wouldn't engage with me, that's the strongest reaction that I've ever gotten from anything that I've ever said in my entire life. Somebody not speaking to me because of something that I said. Uh, and again, I'm not saying anything bad about the character or the personality of these two people. I'm just talking about the thing. There's nothing, there's these the two people who are in this, totally fine. Again, I can't just, like express or stress it enough. I'm not saying anything bad about the people. I'm just talking about the thing that happened, and that's it. Uh, and it was really interesting because then it, it made me think about it over and over and over again for days. And I'm glad that that happened because then I got to really think about it more and more and more. Uh, and I got to share it with other people and really talk about it. And uh, now I feel a bit more educated on that thought. And I think about it a little bit more uh, thoughtfully. Um, I hope, I hope I said that, that whole thing coherently, uh, but again, one of, and then afterwards, uh, I messaged those two people, and again, the one person who was being respectful throughout the disagreement, uh, he or she responded and engaged with me, which I thought I was really grateful for, but then the other one did not, uh, and so the one person said to me that, uh, he or she was just a little caught off guard and wasn't ready for something as heavy as that. Uh, and that he or she usually tries to avoid conversations that could be offensive. Uh, and I understand that. 
I get that. And so I'm really grateful that he or she shared that idea with me and shared that thought. Uh, and it was a few days after the, we, were, we were recording the podcast. And, uh, and so they had time to think. I had time to think. I messaged them and I said, hey, I stand by what I said. I'd really like to hear your thoughts. Uh, and again, the one person engaged, the other one did not. Uh, but when we first ended the podcast and when I was first hung up on, they said that they didn't even want, they didn't want to be associated with a conversation like that. They didn't want to be associated with uh, a discussion like that or that idea at all. And I thought that was interesting because I'm like, what do you mean associated with? Like, I'm the one who said it. You didn't say anything, even if it was a warped concept. Like, you didn't say it. You're not, to, you're not at any fault. Uh, and that's the thing that really also really makes me scared. It's like people are afraid to be associated with people who think differently than them. See it in politics all the time. See it, the liberal left doesn't want to be, can't be involved with any conservative person. People who didn't vote for Donald Trump don't want to be friends with people who did vote for Donald Trump. And I think that's really terrible. I think that's absolutely terrible. And I, it, gets, it makes me sick because it's like that person is not who they voted for. Judge that person based on their character, not on who they voted for. Base that person uh, off their actions and how they treat people, not on their views of politics or their views on humanity. Judge them for who they are and what they do, not for the way they think about politics. I think that's really sad when people do that, and I wish people didn't do that at all. Uh, like somebody said to me uh, while I was traveling, somebody said, I could never be friends with somebody who voted for Donald Trump. And now, and I voted for Donald Trump. And it was, now this person was really getting on my nerves. Oh, we were hanging out for a couple of days and this person has got on my nerves uh, by day two. And I was like, I don't really care about this person anyway. But if it was somebody who I did care about and who I was like connecting with, it would have made me really sad. Because now, like if it, the election came around again, and if I knew what I knew now, I, pro I wouldn't vote for him. I, I probably wouldn't vote if it came down to it again. If, if I knew what I knew now, I wouldn't vote. Um, I wouldn't vote for Donald Trump again. But uh, like if the, the same election came around between Hillary and Trump, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have voted. But when I did vote, and so please, like if you're hearing me now, yes, I did vote for Donald Trump, but allow me to grow and allow me to evaluate that decision. And don't like hold it against me if you if you disagree with that if you that vote. Uh, and it was really shocking to hear somebody say I could never be friends with somebody who voted for Donald Trump. And because it's that's so unsophisticated to think that way. Like please go deeper than that. People think differently than you, and you're gonna judge them based because of their vote. Like, come on. He, that person who voted for Donald Trump isn't Donald Trump, okay? And so, it made me, it, and if I really cared about that person, it really would have made me sad. If I wanted to be that person's friend, it would have made me really sad to hear them say, I could never be friends with somebody who voted for Donald Trump. Because I, I think I have good character. I think I do some things well. I think I treat people well. And of course, I could get better, and I have lots of faults. But uh, I would hate for somebody not to be my friend just because of who I voted for. Uh, yeah, and so I hope uh, 
that was comprehensible. And so the whole thing about acknowledging your propensity for evil, the whole thought, and I took it, I, and I used the example of Nazi Germany because that is the extent of evil. And I wanted to take that thought to its conclusion and say, okay, if I think this, if it's true here, it, it has to be true in the, its most extreme form too. Uh, and so that's why I brought that up, and I wasn't condoning anything that happened. I, I acknowledge, yes, it's completely terrible, but I was also acknowledging that that possibility to be a terrible person lives inside every single one of us. And when we acknowledge that, I think it makes us be more grateful for when people do good. And I also think it makes us more aware and more conscious of how we need to protect ourselves from becoming that evil person. Because if we live in denial of saying, no, I could never do something like that. That doesn't, I couldn't do that. Blah, blah, blah. I could, that could never be me. I could never do that. I think you might find yourself in a pretty surprising situation one day, and then you'll be really disappointed. And then you'll think you're a monster. But you're not a monster. You're just a human. People do terrible things, guys. Why are we surprised about that? People do terrible things. Like, I hate it when people say, oh, that guy is a monster. Like, no, he's not. He's a human. Not a monster. Don't dehumanize the person. He is a human who did a terrible thing, and humans do terrible things all the time. And you, I think you listening to this podcast, have the possibility of doing a terrible, terrible thing and doing lots of terrible things. And so, and I'm sure you don't do those terrible things, and I think that's amazing that you don't do them. Because you could. And so I think acknowledging the possibility of bad inside of you helps you be more good. And that's it. That's the thought. And uh, that's what happened. My beloveds, you know, if you, if, you, if you think I sound like an idiot and you think I'm wrong, please, you know, let me know. Uh, I'd be interested in your thoughts about it. And I hope I spoke about it coherently and with respect. Because that was my intention, that's my heart, and I just wanted to share what happened. And I hope I did that. If I didn't, I apologize. So, my beloveds, I love you guys. Until next time, thank you for listening.